to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where we take a film out of the wonderful book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. And my name is Ian Woodington. And before we get to talking about um, the 10th anniversary of District 9. That's two anniversaries back to back. Two bitches. Um, we... We're going to give you some recommendations. Ian, would you mind going first this week? I would love to go first. What do you got? I have Climax, the new uh, Gaspar No film. I have not seen any of his movies. So... But you're, you're familiar with him. Yes, he is a, I am. He's very much a Lars von Trier type. He is a provocateur. He goes out of his way to uh, cause discomfort. He Now, did he do Irreversible? He did Irreversible. Okay. He did Love. Um, and uh, the other big one he did was Enter the Void. Yes, uh, I've not seen Enter the Void. I've seen the other two, and he's I I like filmmakers that are deliberately out to bro. That's I do like Lars von Trier. I do I don't enjoy his movies, but I enjoy the experience of of pushing myself to that place that he wants to take you. Same very much with Gaspar No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Climax is supposedly based on a true story, and it is it's an A twenty four film. Oh okay. Uh, so Great. it is streaming on on Prime um, as of this recording. Um. Supposedly based on a real incident in France uh, in the mid-90s, uh, this, this dance troupe, they're locked in this old school and uh, they're rehearsing. The movie opens with a lot of interviews with them talking about, you know, what they're excited about and their experiences and joining this new dance troupe that's going to go take America by storm. You know, we're going to show them something they've never seen before. It's going to be visceral and real and honest. And it opens with this beautiful, I think it's a 13-minute, this movie is made up of, of quite large uh, unbroken takes. Uh, so there's one that's about 13 minutes where you see them doing their big dance number right at the beginning, and then they say, great rehearsal, and then they're all stood around, and they're just going to party and have a good time. Um, and somebody has poisoned the water hole. <laughs> anyway, there, there's a, a punch bowl full of sangria that somebody has put acid into, and the thing just devolves into this nightmare, um, which is not unlike doing acid. It was, it's a very genuine, visceral experience, and it's mostly told through the eyes of, uh, there is one semi-famous actress in it, all the rest are all, you know, unknowns and okay. real dancers and non-professionals, but uh, Sophia Butella, who was in the uh, Tom Cruise version of The Mummy. Yes. And then you. she's also in the the last Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond, she was in that. Um, but she's fantastic, the whole cast is just, I can't take my eyes off them, they're all such fabulous looking people and incredible dancers anyway. So that's, that's basically the plot of the movie, is just watching these people just devolve into animals and, and you know, taking on their very worst fears and keeping secrets from each other. It's just a gnarly film. The, 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 the bulk of it is an unbroken 42 minute take, which is just a thing of beauty. I'm, I'm a sucker for a long take. And when somebody says to me a 40, 42 minute unbroken say, I'm I'm in. I want that. Yeah. I'm I'm so impressed by Well, we know our love for Victoria. Exactly. Yeah. And that was a major inspiration of Gaspar Noah's oh. on this particular film. Is, nice. is he loved Victoria and wanted to make, you know, his own sort of version of the the film with the unbroken take. Obviously it's there's there are cuts in it, but there are, like I said, a couple of substantial sequences that are not, and it's just dizzying and crazy and the music is just fantastic and you know you know mid 90s techno and and it's got a very inappropriate use of the uh, song angie by the rolling stones at the end which i i love songs used inappropriately like uh, one of my favorites is ordinary world by uh, duran duran being used in in layer cake as a character is beating the ever-loving fuck out of another character in first person 
anyway, it's on Prime. It's fantastic. I mean, like I said, it's it's not for the squeamish. There is also the, the lady that has sort of the head of the dance troupe. Her young son is there with them, and he may or may not have gotten a hold of some of the punch himself. Okay. So, so that goes down some dark places, but it's just, you, once it starts, I defy you to turn it off. I just, you can't take sure. your eyes off it. And yeah. I, 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 it, I'm fascinated, like I said, by Gaspar Noe and filmmakers like him. I, I, I guess my question would be, so, have you, so you haven't seen some of his movies. Is there any, any reason why you should watch anything before this or like, just cause like, no, I, I'm very interested in seeing some of his movies. So. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's a particular, oh, you should see Irreversible first, okay. or you should see this first. I've also heard something interesting that they're going to be putting out Irreversible in in chronological order. Which, I, yeah, I, yeah. Which I, I, don't, I know I don't that's know. part of the, the thing of that movie is that it goes backwards. backwards yeah. yeah. Like Memento. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. I was awesome. pleasantly surprised. Great. Horrified at the same time. So my, my recommend is so not that. Um, and when I knew that when I heard when we decided that we were going to do district nine, I thought, okay, so, so one of the things about district nine is that it, in a way, and I don't mean this in a comedic way, but it's, it's very satirical. It's very much a movie about one thing, but making a blatant comment about something else. And, uh, I found a movie that Melissa had never seen before. And, uh, I, I love this movie to pieces. And so I got to, I got to, to, to have a first viewing with my wife on a movie that I, I utterly adore. I'm going to take you all the way back to 1997 and Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers. My God. I I love this movie. Um, so for all of you out there who haven't seen this movie, uh, we follow Johnny Rico, played by Casper Van Dien, who apparently I think is like there's a television show based on this movie now, and apparently he's back in it. Oh god, there's a handful of directed video yeah, sequels, sequels as well, yes. yeah. Um but it basically uh, this takes place in the future and um uh, to be a, I think if you're a citizen, if you're in the, the, the military is what that's called. And, um, he's dating, uh, Denise Richards and Neil Patrick Harris is his friend. And Dina Meyer is somebody who was a friend of his too, but she wants to be with him. And There's so many things wrong with that sentence. I don't care. Um, and so, uh, essentially what happens is they all, uh, apl- they all basically test to get into the military. They all end up doing different things. Um, Denise Richards ends up being a pilot, and so they can't be together because of the distance. And Casper Van Dien and Dina Meyer end up going into the, the, the infantry, and Neil Patrick Harris is going to be like military intelligence. But anyways, we follow basically Casper Van Dien and, and the Roughnecks um, into, there's the bugs. That's the big thing, is there's the arachnid planet, and all of these big, epic bugs live away, and, and they're sending like asteroids to Earth, and it destroys Casper Van Dien's home. And so he's got like a motivation to fight. Um, there's lots of great character actors. And this Michael Ironside is in this. Clancy Brown is in this. I forget what the guy's name is, but um, one of the characters from uh, Breaking Bad, that brother-in-law is in it too. Dean Norris, that's his name. Oh, Aha, I pulled that shit. There you Well done. I was going to say Hank yeah. Schrader, but that's the character. Um, a lot of, like, a lot of, um, uh, uh, what's what's Gary Busey's son's name? He's in it no, too. Jake Busey. Jake Busey's in it. Um, it's, here's the thing. It's it's Paul Verhoeven. So already right there, you got to know what kind of movie you're walking into. Um, Basic Instinct, RoboCop, fucking uh, Showgirls. Showgirls. Yeah, that's right. He he has got a kind of an aesthetic, but but this movie is also very satirical. There's a lot of like you know uh, commercials and and things where they comment on like they're commenting on talk shows and like the way that you know how can you help and it shows all these kids squashing cockroaches and it's very reminiscent of like the propaganda that you would see back in like well we're like how can you help the troops and you know and all this stuff and, and buy war bonds exactly yes exactly and even though even though uh starship troopers is melodramatic and, and very comedic and and not district nine in any way shape or form i found a similarity between the fact that these movies are trying to say other things about you know, like they're both kind of, they're both sci-fi and they're both kind of war-driven, both very kind of actiony, but different tones. But I, I just like the the nature of these movies and, and that they're trying to say something beyond just the plot of the movie. And believe it or not, the CG holds up really well. Um, and it, it's just, it's just fun, ridiculous action. The the the, the acting is melodramatic, but it works for the story. I, I gotta tell you, man, this was a great, like, Saturday night, open a bottle of wine, kids are asleep, like, and Melissa loved it, which was great, because it, it's, 
you, you, we knew the kind of movie we were going into. I said, Melissa, don't, this is not a serious movie. And she was like, okay. And then, you know, I think it's we got Paul Verhoeven movies. Yeah. I directed total recall. What do you want? Right. It's... Which I, I have a soft spot for, for Paul Verhoeven. I do too. I, I love that. He's one of the only people to actually show up and accept his Razzie. Oh, well, that, that's become more popular. Like, like, but, but Halle it wasn't. Berry did, no, sure. Didn't used to sure, be. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I a tremendous amount. And the, the fact that he's gone back to making smaller foreign films as well. Oh, I can't say I follow his career very closely. Oh no, he's he's done a couple of a couple of really good movies now. Back in is he he's Danish? I can't remember where he's from exactly. You're Danish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're British, but never mind. Yeah. Um, so yeah, honestly, I I wasn't sure if this was going to be like like the nostalgic factor was going to be high because I remember watching this being in like sixth grade and like just loving it because it was just action and there were boobs and there was people blowing up and I was like, yeah, it's all the things that a you know 13-year-old boy is going to like. I still enjoyed it. Very much He does it. seem to make movies exclusively for 13-year-olds. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay, I'm okay yeah. with that. And I'll correct myself. He's Dutch, not Danish. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're all the same goddamn thing. Um, wait. No, no they're, they're not. not. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but in all seriousness, if you haven't seen Starship Troopers... Go back and watch it. It, it. Like, seriously, like, get a six-pack. Like, it, it was fun to watch with my wife, but I could also imagine, it, like, watching it with you and, like, like buddies. Like, yeah. it's just No, we'd sit there and we'd silly. riff and have yeah. a good time. Yeah, yeah, it, it's great. I had a fucking blast. So, Starship Troopers, Paul Verhoeven, 1997. Absolutely my recommend this week. No no cloud of, of embarrassment over that at all. That is my, my true Man, that, blue that movie got That movie got snubbed when it came to Best Picture time. It did. It did. It you know it, it it did have one Academy Award nomination for visual effects. Well, that and makes it, sense. It lost to the one that won everything that year. Yep. Yeah. Um. So let's move past that and let's talk about another Best Picture nominated movie, District Nine, uh, written and directed by Neil Blomkamp. Uh, it was co-written with Terry Thatchell. Who guess who that is? His, His wife. wife. That's wonderful. There you go. I loved hearing that. Um. So this was out in two thousand and nine. Uh, um. Neil Blomkamp has no other films in the book but he also hasn't done, he's still fairly fresh in yes. his career he's done elysium which i liked until the last half hour and chappy which i again liked until about the last half so, hour elysium i haven't seen i was interested upon seeing the trailer um, it's okay chappy just looks fucking stupid I, I i don't think i can get into it it's grounded by another great Charlotte Copley performance because he voices Chappie. So so let's let's talk about. So I have I have like thirty actors listed on. Why this do fucking, you have so many just, actors? Just hold on, hold on, because I because I, I copy and paste it from IMDb. But I, 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 the only actor that I really want to talk about at all is Charlotte Copley. Yeah, there's other people in this movie. I, 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 in a real way, I don't care. And the fact that this was his first film, staggering. Yeah, staggering. He is wonderful wonderful in this movie I, well and he has a absolute low like a metric ton of work to do in this film oh my god yeah it's it's there the, so the highs much. that he has to hit and to hit them convincingly over a plot which is just i don't know it's like you couldn't imagine the sort of well the one thing that i i found on this viewing the body horror as I, I love it. It's very Cronenberg, and I, I love that. Oh, my... Well, God, I feel like we haven't gotten through half of this stuff yet, but when that cast comes off, I forgot how jarring that is. Yeah, it is. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, and actually, that, that, that'll that lead us right into accolades, because this movie, believe it or not, not up for best makeup. I couldn't that, fucking believe it. Yeah, that is a huge oversight. In case you want to know, Star Trek, the the, the remake is what won that year. The but not, 2009, yes, yeah, but yeah. Not even nominated. So um, at the Academy Awards, um, it's a, but a good couple of nominations, which is great. Um, nominated for Best Picture, I love it's, it. It's huge. Lost uh, to The Hurt Locker. Uh, it was up for Best Adapted Screenplay. Lost to Precious. Uh, editing, lost to The Hurt Locker. Visual Effects, lost to Avatar, which in that year is not very surprising no. that was, was going to happen. No, even though I think Avatar is a pile of horse shit, but that's just, that's yeah. just me. Yeah. That's, well, probably not, not just me, but other people. Um, no, we agree on that because we, we, we had said that we haven't shown the 2000s a lot of love. What's from 2009? So yeah. we can maybe do uh, an anniversary. There's only two. There's Avatar and there's this. And I'm going this nine, you know, nine times out of ten. Ten times out of ten. Ten times out of ten. <laughs> Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, it, it had a Golden Globe nomination for screenplay. It lost to Up in the Air. Which is really... Oh, I like Up in the Air. I like Up in the Air, too. But is that a better script than this? I I, I haven't seen 
so, well, well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I don't know. Um, at the BAFTAs, nominated for Best Director, lost to The Hurt Locker, adapted screenplay, again, lost to Up in the Air, cinematography, lost uh, cinematography, editing, and sound, lost to The Hurt Locker, production design, and visual effects, lost to Avatar. The other one I, I wrote down was that it uh, got picked up a PGA nomination. Which is huge. It lost to Precious, which is... Uh, I found kind of not didn't it, not didn't bad, it lose the PGA to Hurt Locker? No, I I see. I my information says Precious. Oh well, there you go. But I don't know. That's what I have. I I think it's Hurt Locker. I think it's Precious. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. We are right now. How are you? How how are you and Liz? We're we're fine. How are you? Good. Is that with the girls? Good. Good. They're they're rap scallions sometimes. But well, good. yeah. Yeah, still is really like in school, which is great. So fantastic. She, a, lot of, a lot of times we'll get to Friday and we'll we'll be tucking her in, and she'll say, um, "Do I get to go to school tomorrow?" And we'll say no, and she'll get she'll get mad. <laughs> uh, it's better than the alternative. Oh, I hate myself. It is hurt locker. It is the hurt locker. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Why there it is. Precious. Okay. Um, do you want to just redo that? No. Fuck it. Okay. No, it's great. It's 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 lovely. Um, but yeah, that was the last thing I had was that it, it, it got a PGA nom, but it, it lost. It was on to... National Board of Review's top independent films of the year and got a Saturn Award as well. There's a, I, yeah, I mean, with films this new that get a lot of acclaim, like every goddamn film festival in the world has it for, nominated for something. Yeah, like, and like, all the different film critic circles. I'm going to try to hit yeah, just the, the yeah, biggies. Yeah, we don't need those. Um, it is not on the IMDb 250. It has a uh, critical review of 90 with a audience score of 82. I would almost think that would be flipped, but... Okay. Yeah, you think because this is a, a genre picture that's yeah. aimed at pleasing audiences. I did get Roger Ebert's three star review. I have it as well. Okay. Would you? I I read before. Would you like to read this one? I'll read a little. Okay. I'll I'll give you a sampling. Oh, I have the end of the review. I'm curious what you have. Um. District Nine does a lot of things right, including giving us aliens to remind us not everyone who comes in a spaceship need be angelic, octopod, or stainless steel. They are certainly alien, all right. It is also a seamless merger of the mockumentary and special effects. And there's a harsh parable here about alienation and the treatment of refugees. But the third act is disappointing, involving standard shootout action. No attempt is made to resolve the situation, and it's not a happy ending. I've seen happier. Despite its creativity, the movie remains space opera and avoids the higher realms of science fiction. Can we launch from there? Yeah, because I don't totally agree with Ebert. I, I think he. I think he... Un- <laughs> I think he dismissed the film a little bit. I mean, three stars is still great. Yeah, my my issue, and and he said something very similar in the in his Matrix review, which is that the third act devolves into an action shootout kind of thing. And, and honestly, in both movies, I go, well, how does this end then? Like, at the, yeah, what else? What else movie, would you do? He's he's cornered. He's teaming up with Christopher Johnson, which I think is a great name for the alien. I, I think that's one of the small things that works so well is he's got such a well, standard name. Because it's realistic, because that's that's what we Westerners do with a lot of, of Asian names, especially. We tend to give, at least when I worked on the Microsoft well, campus as well, no, I would p- talk to people that had a Western name as give, well as their... They give they, I, I think they give it to themselves. Yeah. Because um, I when I when I was a grad student at, at uh, Indiana University and I, I taught, I had a lot of Asian students in my classes. And... I would ask what their names were because I would want to say them right. And they would say, oh, you know, my name's Jenny or it's it's Chris. And I'd yeah. be like, oh, okay. And I, 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 that wasn't until then I'd really learned that that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 think it's a, I think it's a great touch. But I, I, yeah, I just, I have such a problem with, I mean, that movie, it's, it's, there's, there's the military's involved. So it's not like we've seen that, we've already seen weapons be used yeah, it's, it's not, not like, like it's, it comes out of left field yeah, or anything that's my, it's the I, natural progression it that really needs is. to happen in there's this no, film. i remember i i had read this review before I, we watched it with melissa and and i at the end of the movie came and i said i want to tell you what ebert said and she was like well how does it end and i was like well thank you because that was yeah. that was my thought too like yeah i don't know how we end this movie not in that way so anyways yeah i i yeah i definitely uh have a disagreement with that part of uh yeah Mr. i think Ebert's he review. i think he unnecessarily kind of dismissed it Probably in the same way that he did the first time he saw The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, if I hark back to a previous episode. That's true. He That's... seemed to uh, dismiss it because of what it what it is. Well, and maybe maybe we, we should mention this now, because I, I, at least for me, I despised this movie the first time I watched it. I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't taken with it either. I known that I had seen something unique. I knew that at least. But you know what's weird is... Because I'm like, my, my my wife and I were talking after we watched the movie, and we got done, and she goes, "We didn't like that the first time, did we?" And I was like, "No." She goes, "But the second time we did," and I was like, "Yeah." And she goes, 
why? And I don't know. I, I have one theory, and it's mostly just a, a dig. And my theory is that it had is that Peter Jackson produced this, and I I just do not like Peter Jackson. I'm gonna I just not as much as other people, but have you seen the Frighteners? Yes, I have. Do you like the Frighteners? It's fine. Okay. You, actually, I figured that would would be right up your alley as far um, as Peter Jackson films. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Did he do Heavenly Creatures? Yes. See, I fucking love Heavenly, Heavenly Creatures. Heavenly Creatures is fantastic. That is intense. Yeah. That is an intense Great movie. Great movie. Liz showed me that because she's a huge Kate Winslet fan. Oh, dude. That, oh, fuck. That movie is great. Yeah. It's in the book, I think. Yeah, it is. That's good. Um, But, like, I don't like, like, especially post-Frighteners Peter Jackson, I don't like. I don't like. I don't think he's that gifted of a director. I think he, I think he, he's more of, I, I want to call him, like, a big idea guy. I don't like his execution most of the time. And uh, I, he's a better behind-the-scenes producer type, yeah, you know, helping, I, helping projects like this get made. And so my, my guess is that, you know, whether well, this is 2009, so what? My guess is that 22-year-old Adam just was like, oh, I don't like this. Pretty much. Yeah. But um, upon rewatching, and especially this one, this this movie is brilliant. Well, when we talked about The Third Man, I talked about that being something of a, a kitchen sink of a, of a film. It you know, throws in everything. Yeah. It's the same with this one. This film tries to do, and I think succeeds on almost every level, so much. I mean, it starts as this great documentary style here's the situation it's alternative 1982 this thing shows up and we don't we're ill-equipped we don't really know what to do with it and of course the apartheid uh references are are just rampant through it and then it merges into this it merges into this other thing we come away from the documentary style and now it's about this guy and what he's been exposed to and what he's going to do and we get all the great cronenberg like body horror the fact that he's this bumbling fool that now has to go on both a, a, a physical and and a spiritual sort of journey. Oh my God! He, like you said, he has a tremendous amount of work to do in this film, and he has he essentially between him and the CG, he's he's got to carry it. Yeah, because he's in almost every scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's if it's, he's not in every one of them. Yeah, it, it's 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 so good. It, yeah. It's so good, and, and then it morphs into something because then he has to team up with Christopher. Yes, yeah, and then it becomes this thing, this almost like it goes into the buddy cop kind of thing y- where yes. they've got to do the yeah. raid, and then yeah. it becomes a, a full high octane. Like it goes through. This movie is about four or five different movies. Yeah, yeah. I, when I love too that even even after the the quote unquote documentary style kind of fades away because we're now into the meat of the the story of the movie. We still get those like you know twenty four hours after exposure little little fun things yeah that just kind to of keep remind you... us where we are in exactly the timeline. Yeah, yeah I yeah. Th- I thought that was all great and well um, I love the the reveal that yes this documentary is about the bigger issue but it is it's his it's Vickus's story mm-hmm. and that and this is, it feels like one of those it could be almost one of those throwaway ancient civilization like piss poor National Geographic style document that's all conspiracy theories and yeah. aliens built the pyramids and stuff because they're left at the end wondering well what happened to Vickus. Mm-hmm. We've kind of danced around a little bit, but I mean, the, the movie. So yeah, so this 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 ship kind of stops dead over Johannesburg, and, and there's a million of the what they call prawns, yes. which is used in a very derogatory yes. sort of way. Um, and so they 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 encamp them into District Nine, and they want to, but it's still so close to the city. And then because of it, where there where there are where there are slums, there is crime. And then the whole like the there's the guy in the wheelchair who basically runs like the. Yeah, there's a, a Nigerian of... character who's there. He's a warlord By the of way, sorts. Nigeria not coming off so hot in this movie. Yeah, they they well they don't they don't like this movie. No, they don't. And they have a reason to. I mean, oh, I we'll, would agree. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um. And and after after being exposed to this chemical, um, yeah, Wickus starts to transform. He, black stuff starts coming out of his nose. His fucking fingernails start coming off, and then. God damn that fucking when that cast comes off and that 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 prawn hand is there, I I jumped, dude. I yeah. forgot it happened and I oh, just Oh god, and he sells it. Boy does he sell it. There's such a I I sometimes things are cliche because they're true, and the acting being reacting, he does so much of it in this movie. It, it, it but it's so genuine and it works so well. Yeah, he's great. His his genuine fear. There's a I I I'll so my favorite. I don't think I have a favorite shot so much in this one, but my favorite scene because it just it 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 kind of it's when 
Wiccas becomes very enlightened to what has been going on is when they're making him test the weapons with yeah. the, with the prawn hand. And then there's but the moment for me that just God it fucking kills me is when they put it in his human hand to be like, let's see if this works here too. And they put they put the prawn and for something that isn't very expressive because it's, it's an alien and we don't maybe quite know what their expressions are, you can tell that that fucking alien is distressed, doesn't know what the fuck is going on, and and more almost more than any other time in the movie, Vickis is like just pleading to not, don't do it. And they, yeah. they keep fucking cattle prodding him to, to fire the trigger and then it works. And I think it's at that point that they cut back to that documentary footage and we get the quote, you know, he became the most valuable commodity on earth. Yeah, he he had he had technology. His body was technology that was worth untold billions. And it's it's just, it, it's it, I, at one point I wrote down. It's like watching one of those like hard hitting documentaries. Like it, in a way, it reminded me of watching like Food Inc. or like um, Enron, the smartest guys in the room. Where at different points you're like, fuck you. Like I, I started at one point I was I was almost so convinced that MNU was a real company, and I was like, fuck you, MNU. You suck, and of course that like and there's later on we find out that it's this 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 corporation that's supposed to be very very kind and great is also the second biggest uh, manufacturer of missiles or whatever it is, which is, is just the- another one of the feathers in its cap as far as talking about you know as social allegories and things like that that it does. Yeah, it, it, oh, man, it, and that's the thing is it, it like not only is this movie does it feel so relevant and so and so real, but like you know the fact that you know I a little little. Um, piece of trivia here that all the shacks in district nine were actual shacks in a section of Johannesburg and they, they were evac, they were um, um, evacuated and the residents moved to uh, other housing. Um, but that, that, that parallel what happened in the film, the only shack that was built was Christopher Johnson shack. And like to hear that is just, it, it kind of boggles the mind Yeah, that, that they, I mean, they shot, I mean, they shot this movie in what, 2008, 2009 and the fact that those those that people were fucking living there, it, it just it's it's insane and, and and then some of the the lines in this movie that it, like in the documentary footage you know um I'm oh, I'm glad I'm glad they're they're caged away at least they're keeping them separate from us this is our land please go away like it's just all of that yeah it's all, all that apartheid to hit hard it's and... just you know and, and and I think it would I think it would register if you set this movie anywhere but the 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 purposeful direction of, of putting this in Johannesburg it might might be the most effective thing in this movie I, I don't know I mean there's so many things that work well but that I think that's that's brilliant and if well apartheid is a, a subject that I'm passionate about anyway I mean I, I, it's, it's shocking to me that in our lifetime we still had something like apartheid um, and I, I did some reading about the actual District 6 out there in, in Cape Town and just all the, the parallels to that. I mean, I won't delve into the history of it or anything, but they, but it is, it's amazing how far we've come and yet how far we still have to go. I know that's not, you know, that's not a unique sentiment or anything like that. Unfortunately. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the fact that this, this could be happening, this is still happening. It, it's horrifying. Yeah. It, I, well, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, we we've got the problem with the 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 with ICE and with all the the detention centers that we I mean we're we're not that far away from concentration camps. Well, and and a lot of the the stuff, especially when when Vickis is is kind of being tested on and stuff. I I it was like you know are, are we are we in Guantanamo? Is this Abu Ghraib? Like yeah. just the actual, let you know, getting beyond Johannesburg for a second. The other the other parallels this is making. It's just it was astounding. Which, which is why I hate that Ebert I think dismissed it so so quickly he was he didn't it seemed like he didn't take the time to really peel back the layers and to to think about what this film was saying which is really unfortunate as i said it is a literal kitchen sink of a film this, this film has literally so much going on that it's impossible to get it all in a first viewing it's another film that it demands you see it again because oh. no we have a point to make yeah and you're not going to get there's a lot going on you're not going to get it necessarily the first time or you'll see this but you'll miss this yeah, it, it demands repeat viewings. Um, and, we, and it doesn't surprise me that some people like you and I, we, we didn't like it so much on a free... We were like, what is this film trying to say? Is it trying to say too much? I mean, just... Well, and I that's I, I wonder... I, I don't know. It's hard to, to think back that long ago and, and yeah. wonder... You, where your headspace was at. Yeah, and I, you know, I can't tell if I thought it was trying too hard to make its point or if oh, it was Oh, I can just... tell you that I definitely felt that. Well, and, and that might have been it, you know. I don't, I don't know, and 
And I, granted, you know, for the longest time, sci-fi as a genre didn't really didn't really get me. And of course, I think as as time goes on, we just get better with what we can, how we can make films. But I I don't know what I missed. I I truly don't know what I missed with this film I, because it it's I it, it hits so many things that I appreciate about film. Yeah. And granted, there are some things that like there's the uh, the the evil guy trope monologuing at the end before he actually you know because i love watching you prawns die i yeah. don't know why just uh, i can't do a south african accent i'm not gonna try i it, it, it's it's hard oh, but actually so i there was a guy that was we actually went to our high school and um he was a, he was it would have been a senior when we were uh sophomores and okay. he was in a show with me and um i asked him because i i was like hey where where in england are you from and he looked at me like like didn't blink He's like i'm south african mate and i was like Oh, I'm sorry. But like, he explained to me like, like without, I'm going to make him sound so much more of a dick than he really was. was like, but basically he said, don't make that mistake again. I was like, oh God, I'm sorry. No, no, he, he was being a dick. I, I won't do that. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I no, don't... he was being a dick. Like, come on, it's a, to the untrained ear. I mean, hell, I I have, I still have trouble, Australians and, and New Zealanders, I, sure. I have trouble with that one, I have trouble with uh, different dialects around the UK. I mean, I lived there, and I still couldn't tell you the difference between necessarily somebody from Liverpool versus somebody from Manchester. Yeah, well, sure, sure. Um, God, what else do you want? I, God, I mean, I just, I really wrote down a lot. Yeah. You know what I? You know what I revisited? I one I revisited the original teaser trailer, which I loved because it was just the one prawn sat in the chair. They blanked out his face. They had digitized his face, so you couldn't quite see his eyes and all that other stuff. And they were like, "How do your web?" I just I love the, I love the cryptic na- nature of that original teaser trailer. The marketing for oh, it was fantastic. The marketing. Yeah. It was amazing. And uh, did you watch Alive in Joburg? Did you watch the original short that it's based on? Because no. it, it's on YouTube. I mean, it's it's not very polished, but I think it definitely. It was, I think it's on the the Blu-ray. It I is on there as well. Yeah, yeah. It. It's just a little six-minute ditty, ditty, and and Charlto Copley is in it as well. He has like three lines. Yeah. And uh, but you can see that. I I definitely see what Peter Jackson saw in it. As yeah. far as you know, let's give this guy a chance. Obviously, he was supposed to do the the Halo movie, yeah. and that fell apart. Uh, Basically, because Microsoft didn't want to share uh, intellectual property rights with a film studio like 20th Century Fox and I think maybe Paramount had agreed to put up the money, and uh, but they weren't gonna make they were gonna make money on tickets. They weren't gonna make any money on like products and toys and marketing and all of that other shit because that all all those residuals go back to Microsoft. And they're yeah. like, we're not investing on something that we we can't make money on. Well, I got to say, too, I, I I think that worked out for the best. I really, it really did. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's something that Neil Blomkamp had his hopes on, but this this was the movie that he needed to be made. He swung for the fences and just knocked it out of the park. I think I, yeah. I remember they made such a big deal about the budget at the time because it was made for $30 million. They took the money that had originally was going to go to the Halo movie and they recycled some of the props and things like that that Weta had already made. $30 million, but it... Made 116 domestically. Yeah, exactly. Well, it made its money back opening weekend. Yeah. Which I remember being, this is great. I, I loved that, the kind of Cinderella yeah. story. And I didn't see it opening weekend. And so I think I had gone into it with expectations set too high because oh. of the big deal that they made about the budget and the money that it was making. I, def- I don't think that helped. I definitely didn't see this until it was released on home media. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember oh. seeing it walking out, definitely overwhelmed. Sure. But you, you mentioned the, the scene that I wanted to come back to is where he's in they're testing him in that bio lab. And yeah. my unsung hero are the, the visual effects guys. Yeah. Because I, I love the prawns. I, I mean, yes, they're not. And the whole point of them is they're not supposed to be appealing to look at. They're not cuddly. They're not ET. You're supposed to, they're supposed to be disarmed and kind of horrified by the way they look. And the fact that they are slightly humanoid, but they, they look like these, these prawns, these crustaceous types of creatures. Yeah. And it's, it's up to us. This is what the movie does so well. It's up to you what level of empathy you're going to give to this horrific looking creature but yeah. there's so much their eyes the animation of their eyes is perfect there is so much life and humanity in those eyes that it's impossible not to feel empathy for them oh it's, god it's the, the stuff with christopher johnson and his son yeah it's it's touching it, it's and then when they do the raid to get the the stuff back yeah and he sees what what's happening to his people and vic is being like i honestly didn't know 
Yeah. That's ooh. which of course I love that scene. Which of course we you know we know as as the audience, but of course you know Christopher's trying to wrap his head around everything yeah. too. So how, you know, take that for what you will. But right. Yeah. That's... I genuinely believe that Vickers probably didn't. Know. Oh no no I no I agree because he's too. just a bumbling bureaucrat. Which yeah. is the other thing I love about his character. We start off with this this guy, and I guess Vandermeer is. Uh, you know, they use it in, in jokes in South Africa, kind of like you would do if you were making an Irish joke, you'd just throw Patty in there. Sure. It was kind of that name that's an easy name to sort of pick on and, okay. and you know, make fun of. Yeah. So I, I love that nature of it and the fact that he has to become... And this is this is the other thing I was reading. Other other people, you know, philosophers and, and film theorists dismissing the film because of its white savior. I read that thing too. Where you're talking, and I'm conflicted about that as well. Yeah. Um. Because again, how else do you end the movie? And is it really the white savior? Con- I mean, he's becoming one of them. He has to show this this level of empathy that he didn't know he was capable of. And yeah, you could say it's it, it is out of necessity because he does get very upset when he finds out that oh, Christopher kind of sold him a white lie that he's not going to be able to fix him immediately. That it's going to take some time. Three years. He's, he's going to take. He's got to go yeah. and come back. Yeah. And so he's going to have to live like a as a prawn for three years. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I I struggle with the the white savior idea just because he is becoming one of them. I, I do too, and I and I, it, it's tough because again, you know, maybe two white guys aren't the ones to answer. Yeah, we're that we're not the ones to answer that question. But but it is it's tough because if if you, you know, if you view this movie with that with that in mind, that might be what keeps you from enjoying it. And it's it's tough to to then say that, you know, does 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 the idea of the white savior complex you know, negate the fact that this movie is trying to make some really deep and, and heartfelt connections to, to what's happened in the past and what's going on presently. Yeah. And yeah the, the fact that, yes, we are all the same. He actually, he has the to, same. he has to physically become one of them in order to realize that we are all the same. That's and, a and line re- in the movie. Yeah. And to relate to them on a one-to-one level. Yeah. I, that, that That's the line of the movie. Yeah. That, that's the point of the movie is we are the same. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely wrote that down. Um, so I, I just want to say something here. Um, so you can kind of see where my, this, this is, some of my notes came in handy. So um, so I, at one point I said they didn't change the code really when they're coming back in. Like I, I, I got to feel like they would have changed yeah, Vegas's code at some yeah. point. So then, and then I wrote three years to become human again. Seems like a fair trade. Because I know at one point Vickis throws a big fit about it. And it's like, well, dude, this is, you're not just... It's not like you get to flip a switch. I mean, what's happening to you is is legit. Like, you know, obviously the implication at the end is that he has gone, he's gone full prawn, which just sounds weird, but he's fully changed into one of them. Yeah. Um, then I say the father, son and storyline with Christopher Johnson is compelling. So these are, these are consecutive notes. And then I just realized how much, how evocative this movie was and how much I was feeling it. And, and it was doing a lot. So my next note, just to bring it up, I said, by the way, fuck bringing up baby. Fuck that movie. I don't like that movie at all. Take it out of the book. It's a crock of shit. You were, you were still thinking about bringing up I baby. I was still thinking about it. While, while you were watching district nine, it came up, it came up because it's like, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of things. This, 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 this film is, is moving me. I'm, I'm feeling compelled. It's like, it's making me want to address real issues and i it's believable and i it, it, we're talking about aliens coming from another planet and it's more believable to me than fucking Catherine hepburn and bringing up baby it, it is indeed so and those those prawns are fake they're they're cgi computer generated prawns and christopher johnson more compelling than anybody oh he's in incredible the, the actor the the plays him um he was in alive in joburg as well he's in the short um jason cope He's fantastic. Again, if I, it's a com for me. The unsung heroes. It's a combination of him and the visual effects, and and that coming together and really caring about these things. Yeah, actually, more so than I cared about ET, if I'm honest. Well, again, I I feel like we're trying to. This movie is trying to say more and do more than a movie like ET. And you know, ET. There, I mean, it's it is kind of like apples and oranges. It's tough. I mean, they're both yeah. science fiction. They're there's both aliens, but. And and I guess in a way it's about aliens trying to get home. But well, it's kind of it's the grown up ET. I think. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I could see that. But just I don't know more. More action packed, and there's a mech fight in it, and it's awesome. I, dude. Th- th- yeah, I mean it's it's we're talking about all the serious stuff, but the the action stuff is fucking great too. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh man, it's great. 
It's better than most movies that go spending hundreds of millions of dollars. That's you true. Know, stuff like uh, what I, I saw Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> we I mean we did go see it as a goof. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I'm sure it it's is. It's genuinely terrible. I don't doubt that. I've only seen one and four. I have not seen, although I plan to just to do it, but I don't know when. Yeah, I've I've seen one and Hobbs and I've seen nothing in the middle. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, that, that, and that was the great part about going in completely blind and knowing nothing about these characters. It would be a laugh. And it well, was, and the, the but in the wrong way. That those two come in so late into the series as far as I, as I can yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. great. Fantastic. Um, okay, I don't, I don't want to sell this movie short, but like, I feel like I'm just going to say the same things again. Like this... I, well, we've done the gush bit. We should do the bit where we, we need to come back to the Nigerians and to some of the soldiers because they are very... Those characters are very two-dimensional. Yes. They're not fleshed out. I mean, we kind of know their motivations, but their dialogue is just terrible. And I can understand, I mean, the Nigerian government taking issue with it. I totally understand that. Oh, God. They're I mean, shown as being cannibals. and Yes. And, and like, they, they're going to get powers from, from eating, eating it. And yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's... <sighs> so, true. I don't, I don't disagree. I, I get that they are kind of sort of flatly written and... It, it, it may be the one, the movie's one downfall, but it's also doing so much of the other stuff, dealing with casual racism and xenophobia and and apartheid and all of that other stuff. I mean, it's got a lot on its plate already. Yeah, I, it, it's it's unfortunate that there had to be, I guess, like a, a I don't want to say a fall guy because that's not, but like there's a like group a sacrifice that, take, that had, had to, yeah, yeah. A, that had to take the blunt of right. the, the negative view of it. Um, Did it have to be Nigerians? No, probably not. No, but it, at the same time, you also need that warlord figure in there. I love the idea that, you know, the movie morphs once again in those last 20 minutes or so. It turns into this race against time and this very high-octane action film. And I love the idea that these all these factors are going to converge pretty much on Vickers. You know, he's got the government after him. He's got this warlord after him. He's trying to, you know, figure out betraying Christopher you know, by stealing that little ship and getting back to the big mothership because he thinks as soon as he gets up there, he can just yeah. turn himself back. Yeah. And that's obviously not the case. I just love the idea that this is all going to come to a head and it does so quickly. The film is paced incredibly well. Oh, yeah. We were supposed to talk about negative things and I brought it back around positive. Because again. it's good. It is. It's amazing. It's a good movie. I mean, yes, yes. And I, yes, you're right. The way the Nigerians are displayed in this movie, it's awful. It's not good. Um, and yes, you know, I, I don't think we're even saying that you... That the idea of a white savior complex is erroneous because it absolutely could be viewed that way. I, I I get that, but you know it's hard when it's compelling and and I think successfully makes a lot of great comments about a lot of things that are unfortunately still happening in the world. Right. Um. So I I you know I'm not trying to play my white race card here, but I just feel like it, it is a compelling movie and and I I I was I was moved by it. Um. And I, I generally hope that that's the mindset of most people. I would, I, as I think, I... Well, the thing that invalidates it for me is he's he's going to become one of them. He has to learn and grow and accept that he is going to be one of them, and so he needs to stand united with them. Yeah. And that's a tough thing, too, though. Is it, I mean, is he... I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. Like, you know, he is he... Is he doing it because he wants to, or is he doing it because he has to? And it seems well, like he's... he starts off doing it because he has to. But that's yeah. this is this is his character. I mean, it's a fairly standard sort of trope. It's a very standard sort of character arc because yeah. he does run away at one point. He is a coward, and he realizes I don't have a choice. I have to stand and fight. Yeah. And yeah, of course there are selfish reasons. He's got self-preservation on his mind. Absolutely. But yeah. He's going to save Christopher, at the end of the day. Yeah. Stuff. It, it's. I think it's. I. I think that is a very simplistic way to look at the film. I, I no, I agree. I agree. I'm or not. It, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just very much oversimplified. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, you know, and and this is coming from you know from from two people here who who upon leaving this movie the first time didn't enjoy it, and and you know this is the third time I've seen it, and I really I, I don't remember I'm about liking the same, it this fourth, much. Third or fourth time, I think for me. I, I don't remember liking it this much the second time I saw it. And I, 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 you know, and so much credit to, I, I, I love the idea of this as like a, as a, you know, it's documentary footage. And then even when it gets to the end, it's like, you know, we don't know what happened to him. Some, some people say that, you know, he, he's being experimented on or I, I just, I love that. I love that. And I well, do. I, lo I love the end in general. I love the, the shots, the, the parallel shots, him and his wife, his wife is sat there 
not giving up hope and he, he talks about how he would always make her little trinkets yeah and she's there with that piece of scrap metal that he's fashioned into a flower and then yeah. you see the prawn sitting there making one of them melissa did not like the ending she but she is one who wants the ending ex- like not explained but like she wants to know that he gets he, that there, he comes there is back. more story to tell yeah but i love where it ends because my assumption and the story i play in my head is that he comes back and he changes him and he gets to go back to his wife and 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 who knows what the fallout is and maybe maybe there's a whole thing with m and u and who knows but ultimately i think that he comes back and he gets changed melissa wants to hear that like she she needs to hear it she doesn't like endings where they just don't say it like where it's pretty clear what the ending is but we don't get told it she wants it now I'm it's I don't advocate for a lot of sequels, but I do really want Neil Baumgart to come back to this world. I don't. You don't. You don't no, want a sequel. I don't because I, I feel like he has the chance to do what Independence Day fucked up so badly. What does the sequel look like to you? I don't know. I'm. I I have faith that he will do something again unique and compelling, and there are new terrible social injustices that we see every day, and I feel like he has the opportunity. To you know, to turn these films into these parables, and you know, I I don't know, I I think he could do fantastic things with the political climate that we're currently in, telling it through this story and through the eyes of Vickers and through the eyes of of Christopher Johnson and these two competing species. Yeah, trying to cohabitate. I don't know. I, I just he already said so much in the first one, but I I think it it would be a fun world to revisit. I don't I don't think that he would I I don't think he would ruin it. I don't think that it would be bad, and I I think that I think there is a way that you could make a story out of it. But I, you know I I'm just so against. You know we I, I don't think it needs a sequel. We don't need. Oh to no! Cash I, in no, on it, it definitely I, does not need. Yeah, one. I just I just if you, if we don't need to, let's not let's not do it. Yeah. It's good. It's great. We don't need to try to cash in on. Oh, it was good. It's been a while. Let's let's do another one. I don't want that. Don't do it. But I'm sure Neil is listening. Neil, if you're listening, thank you so much. Um, we like your movie quite a bit, quite a bit. But don't do it. Is is the message you're trying to? Yeah, please don't. Yeah. Um. So the la- the last two notes I took. Um. I uh, put one in bold, so I'll end with that one. But, you know, the one thing I really did not like in this movie is when it went to slow motion. And it didn't do it a lot, but because, maybe mostly because of the documentary feel and how fast-paced it is, when it did it, it felt too dramatic. It took me out of the fact that even when we're not in the, the faux documentary world, it still kind of it felt handheld and like it was like all being recorded for this documentary. So when it went to slow motion, it felt, it felt like, oh, I'm in a movie. Yeah. It, it, it was almost jarring in a way yeah. because it, it happened like three times and I was like, oh, okay. It's because we're I, doing the big high octane thing and yeah, so we've got to, yeah. yeah. But this movie is one of the, the best examples of things I really like in movies where this is just an ordinary person in extraordinary circumstances. And and his world is fundamentally going to be Those changed. are my, my favorite kind of movies. Like it's fun to watch um, Tom Cruise in Mission, Mission Impossible and watch ex- an extraordinary person do extraordinary things and that's that's really cool but like I love watching like the average person like have to like battle the odds or like in a situation that they never thought that, like like I don't know why I just thought of this but Captain Phillips yeah. I, I fucking love that movie that's perfect and and you know I think Tom Tom Hanks gives top five performance in that movie and it is literally a guy who drives a boat I mean, it's a big boat. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But has to deal with Somali pirates trying to take over his goddamn ship. And it's like watching him deal with the situation. And and that's and what, have to rise to those occasions. Yeah. yeah. And that's what that's what Charlotte Copley is doing. And it's amazing. I mean, I, I I don't have an unsung hero, so I'm going to piggyback on yours because I agree. It, it, it helps sell the movie. Oh, it's, the visual effects it's, guys. It's fantastic. Knocked it out of the park. But... And I love that the spaceship is always just kind of, there's a lot of shots with it just lingering that yeah. reminder. Yeah, it's I really love good. that it's always there. Yeah. Um, but I, God, I don't, I don't know if I can sing Charlotte Copley's praises enough. No, you, you can't. It's, it, he is fantastic in this movie. There, there's one more thing I do want to plug for the visual effects guys is do when it. he's in the mech and he's, the, the, it's wobbly, you know, it's almost very human like. He's adjusting to him. I love all the moments where he has to 
really feel, okay, this is a part of me now and I've got to adjust to the world in a different way. You know, when he's, when he's flying the spaceship and he can't quite figure, he's got to, those moments where he has to, again, rise to the occasion, but they're, they're, it's all clunky and it's all yeah. new to him and, and it's new to us as well. That's, that's what I, I really love about the, the way they sold him in that mech being all kind of wobbly and very human-like. And yeah. And it's also just a badass moment, too. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's got a lot of... It's got a, like the, the prawns, it's got a lot of personality and character yeah. to it. I would agree. So, yeah, that's... That's question time. Is it question time? Yeah. Ian, should this awful, terrible, stupid movie, District 9, should it, should it be in the book? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. yeah oh, wait. Percent. I didn't mean anything. And... It also comes with the same uh, recommend that I had last week with The Third Man. Multiple viewings. There's a lot lot to peel back here. Yeah. Lots of enjoy. Lots of new things to find on subsequent viewings. And so. honestly, I, I want to say it was maybe about five years in between all these viewings. It, 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 it sounds about right. And I, I like now I intentionally wanted to make a mental note and be like, okay, so... And another five years. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to watch this movie again and see, not only appreciate it for what it is, but to also see, okay, now, now how is this movie relevant to, to this issue now? Yeah. Or, you know, how does it still make sense? Because I'm I, sure I, it, I'm sure it unfortunately will be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, visionary filmmakers can do that. And I, I honestly do hope the best for Neil Blomkamp. I want him to make something that's extraordinary. I don't think we've seen his best movie yet. I, at least I hope not. I, th- that's yeah. Let's say that. Let's say that because yeah. right now it's definitely this. But it, let, let's hope he's got something else. Hands in his down, this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so that is that is what we think about District Nine, and of course, as always, we want to know what you think. So please find us on Facebook and on Twitter at a thousand and one by one. You can support the show at Patreon.com/slash a thousand and one by one. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, all the great places where you can listen to podcasts as always thank you so much for listening and i'm adam and i am Ian, and we will see you hello there adam here from a thousand and one by one with just a brief message regarding the podcast now this is coming out just around thanksgiving and christmas time and it tends to get busy for people and i must say that it is getting busy for ian and myself Uh, i can't speak for ian but i know that Uh, Aside from the holidays, I'm rehearsing a show and am finding other things that are taking my time. And so uh, Ian and I are taking a brief break from the podcast. Now, don't worry. We are coming back. We have plans to do some big movies really soon. But we just need to take some time away from it to focus on other things. Um, In the interim, uh, my wife and I have started a podcast going in the complete opposite direction of A Thousand and One by One. We are talking about movies that aren't in the book. We are talking about movies that will probably never be in the book. And we are calling our show Below Freezing. And we're talking about films that have a Rotten Tomato score of less than 32% see the little joke that we did there um so this is really just uh, an update and a message to keep you informed um trust me ian and i have every intention of coming back we've planned the next few episodes we're really excited about coming back and getting to them but we're just taking a brief break for the moment um we want to thank you for listening thank you for continuing to support the show and um when we're ready to come back we will certainly make a big splash about it Thank you for listening and enjoy the holidays.